So what what made you decide to say no to that opportunity of of pre-recorded noise cancellation? Well, that's that's a different company. That's that's the point. Like that's a different startup. Like you need to not only have the technology, not only build the product, but you need to then position yourself. You're, mm-hmm. You you need to market your technology and product in that space. So if you start doing this like various positioning in the market, like in in people's mind, you will be this mixed thing that they have no idea what's doing, right? This is the key part that especially technical founders are having difficulty to understand Mm -hmm. because they think, you know, that technology is super important. Like once you have the tech, you know, you will be able to figure things out. But now actually it's the positioning problem. As you have traction, it uh, the positioning problem starts to prevail as the most important problem right out there. Yeah, yeah, I or, hear that all company. the time. So we are we are you know a decade or more into the world of hyper personalization, right? And and every individual expects all content to be personalized to them, and that includes advertising, right? And so it's not enough to just say. Well, you know, we're, we've we've sliced and diced you by some sort of target. You're a, you know, you're you're an office worker. You're a technology company or whatever it is. It is, you know, hey, Eric, you produce podcasts and you're an executive coach and you work on Zoom all day or whatever it is. Like, don't you have this particular problem? Here is a solution that was designed exactly for your use case, um, and we're coming to expect it now because. SaaS has become incredibly fragmented and there are enough companies that have a narrow enough focus that their messaging is just going to cut through more clear and more personalized to them. So anybody that's trying to uh, attack a a broad segment or a broad use case is going to have a really hard time with their messaging actually connecting and resonating with customers. Um, so I, I've yeah, had the best that's, that's, that's what I'm always yeah, absolutely. That's basically the definition of positioning, right? Yeah. So people have very small place in their brain mm-hmm. for remembering problem and brand name, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a, for this problem, there is this brand name, and your job is to be that you know, occupy the slot in their brain. Like that's the problem of positioning. And it's extremely hard to do that Mm -hmm. because people have very small attention span. So, um, yeah, I mean, when someone is leader in the market, it's almost impossible to replace them. So that's why it's really important to be be the leader in that particular problem market. So it's very, very interesting. And another strategy of this too is you can have a broad, uh, a broad solution that tackles a number of different use cases, but you have to enter. You position yourself with that very narrow focus, and that's kind of the wedge. So there's a lot of companies out there that do AI meeting notes. In fact, it's even built into Zoom now. So that wouldn't be enough of a differentiator. But if I'm already using your platform because it is the best of the best in terms of noise cancellation, oh, guess what? Here's a freebie, right? And so now when I'm looking at where am I going to get my meeting notes from, I can get it from all the, you know, the little agents that'll pop into my, into my Zoom or even Zoom itself, or I can have this, this platform that I'm already using and engaging with every single day. So, yeah, um, I mean, that's the differentiator, right? Like when you build your positioning statement, you, you should have a, a statement there saying, unlike yeah. Zoom or others, this is how I'm 
different, right? Yeah. This is yeah. what I'm doing. So that's the differentiation message. And it must be clear enough for people to remember. Like noise cancellation is certainly differentiation for us. The ability to work with any app, virtually any app in the world that has access to microphone is a differentiation like and, and providing the same experience is a differentiation for us right mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah i think like we have enough differentiation but whether it will be enough for us to be able to convince users to use us that we'll yeah. we'll see that yeah well and then there's things like you know kind of stickiness right in terms of, of data or content so i come to you for the real-time uh, you know, noise cancellation, but now, and, and so the, the, the meeting notes and all that kind of stuff may not be enough different. It, it's not a point of differentiation, but once it's there, well, now you have my data. Now that's, that's stickiness. Now you have Absolutely. content that I want to keep and I don't want to give up. So in fact, I deal with the this now where I've got AI meeting notes spread out five different <laughs> platforms, you know? Yeah. Now, actually, you hit on the nail. Like, so that was one of the pains that we have. Uh, mm. So we had we had the best noise canceling app, but so it was tra transient, right? Like, so you would use it, and then there was no uh, stickiness at all. And uh, and the only reason we were growing as a company was because of word of mouth. Like, it was just magic. Like, people want to spread magic, right? And people were recommending to each other. But you know that at some point, once this technology is going to be available, good enough is going to be available in other places, mm -hmm. people want sort of spread word of mouth, you know, want to do word of mouth. So we had to innovate and then bring differentiated stickiness mm -hmm. uh, to the product. And that's actually, that's what we are doing right now. Mm -hmm. So we have, like, you know, six, seven months ago, we have introduced uh, on-device transcriptions. Like, everyone is doing transcriptions uh, in the cloud. Mm -hmm. When you use Crisp, it does it on your device, right? And that gives us so much leverage. Like, it's basically free. Transcription is super expensive today. Right. Like for every hour you need to pay like 50 cents in, in average. But when you use Crisp, we give you unlimited transcriptions. You can just, you know, use whatever, you know, whatever. Right. Because it's mm -hmm. basically free for us. And that's a way for, you know, those are the things that sort of start to differentiate. Like and for that, we had to invest so much in, in engineering to be like own device you know, on Intel CPUs to like run AI, that that's that's really a big challenge. Yeah. But yeah, we have that and that's that's you know, I'm super proud of that. Very cool. So what are what are some of the, the growth or scaling challenges that you're dealing with today? Yeah, well, so look, uh, as, as I said, like we have grown during COVID like significantly. Everyone had the problem of background noise. So like we created this really valuable product for, for the users and everyone was using it. And then we identified that, you know what, call centers have historically had this problem. So they were way more aware of this problem. They had budgets for this and we we were we are very successful in, in call centers, highly successful. So, and then as, as with any other company, like we, we started adding new features. And um, as I said, like word of mouth has been the, the, the growth loop for us. Uh, but today uh, we have, uh, we have stickiness. Like we are, we have this transcription and meeting, meeting summary. And we have a, like a, 
big roadmap ahead of us, trying to become this meeting, you know, knowledge software uh, or meeting assistant software for companies. And, uh, and we are just starting that journey, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that's one, one, one area that we are focused. The second area, as I told you in the beginning about accent localization, we have a technology that in real time translates your accent or the speaker's accent to the to the to the receiver's uh, accent to for better comprehension and understanding. Amazing technology, like magical technology, very useful in call center setup, right? Mm. So, uh, and that's a uh, that's a pain that exists today. There, there are budgets for this, you know. So we are entering this 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 sort of market. Yeah, on the spot, but is there? Could you? Could you show it to me now? Do you have it hooked up? I'm happy to. Uh, oh, for me, like it won't work yeah. for me. So, like, no, it it only works for uh, Indian accent, Indian English accent. Right now, yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, we we're gonna add accents over time, but we are focused on India right now. But I can. I'm happy. I'm happy to share, send you a video uh, yeah. demo if you if you would like yeah, to definitely. play. It. Yeah, that's I that's pretty it. amazing, that's actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, so you've, you've, you found this new, mar- it's a new market segment essentially, right? So you're going after a new market segment. They have a, a, a unique set of challenges and now you're creating more solutions to those challenges. Absolutely. Uh, but in, in a sense, we already are in that market. We are, we have a big presence in call centers, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, in like, and we are just going to introduce this technology and we are introducing this technology to our customers and then we're going to start upselling that uh, in that market yeah so what what challenges with with respect to growing and scaling your business whether it's you know people or leadership or or even process um what are the things that are that are challenges to you as you're growing the business yeah um like i think like at like right now we are in a very very good shape as a company so we are around 150 people mm-hmm. and uh, we are a very very balanced company right in terms of our skill set our maturity for our stage and so on so i'm super comfortable with where we are there was a time when we were and it was during COVID when there was a lot of growth we were a bit on inexperienced we 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 grew very quickly and uh, that's like sort of like one one like founder one one problem right don't 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 grow quickly in 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 terms of your team size so we went through that uh, i think like all the companies went through that during covid mm-hmm. uh, and and then we realized that we made mistakes so um and when you grow too quickly it has impact on your culture it has you know there are a lot of new blood coming to the team basically mm-hmm. that that needs time to adjust to the working principles and values and the culture that you have. So um, we, we were, we had some struggles down the road, but, but right now I think we are in a pretty good shape. Like right now. Um, So how did you, how did you overcome that? How did you get all of these new people aligned to your, your culture and values? Yeah. Look, like one thing that 
uh, one thing we realized that, and I think this is not new to, like, this is not unique to CRISPR. Like, the industry has been talking about this for a while now, probably for a year now, after the market correction, mm-hmm. like, all, like, all the symptoms or the root causes of this problem. Um, there are many problems, actually. Uh, like, one, one or two I will pick up on is that, look, um, I'll talk about the root cause and then I'll talk about like how we got sold that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like one thing is that when you are a very small company, you are, a, you have a very capable team and you hand pick all the, all the hires and, and you know who they are. They're very hands on and so on. But at some point I remember like we were around 70 and then the half of the company was reporting to me. The, the other half was reporting to my co-founder. And then it just wouldn't scale. So we said, like, we need to build a leadership team, right? And uh, so we, we set out to do that. And and that introduces hierarchy right, uh, in, in, into your company. So every layer of hierarchy is, a, is an overhead. We need to understand that, right? So, and one thing that we noticed, and this is, again, not unique to Chris, but I think is every company suffers from this, is that when you have, like, orgs inside your company, and when you say, like, okay, you know what, there is a product management org, engineering org, you know, finance org, and and so on, your org leaders never come to you and, and never say, I need less people. Never. They always say we need more people, right? And they justify it very well from their perspective. It makes sense. They justify that with more work to be done, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are not careful with this, your organization can keep growing, right? And get out of control. I think that's exactly what happened to us. So we encourage this org-based sort of structure, multiple orgs-based structure. And when you do that, it just starts to fire back because your entire company becomes, you know, 10x slower than it used to be. So at some point we, we sat down as like, this is not working, right? We need to, uh, we need to verticalize our teams again. Like we need to have self-sufficient teams and we need to remove hierarchy, like from, you know, the, 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 uh, like, the path from myself to any person in, in the in the company should not be more than like three. Like three is max, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think many companies have gone through this, uh, and we have done these adjustments as well. And and the other thing we, we we realized is that there was there was a problem with performance, right? So there were um, there was a because of this slow sort of pace of the company that we end up having a lot of we end up hiring people that were not focused on performance, you know, on delivery, this initial sort of culture that we had. So we had to make some uh, adjustments there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so so obviously coming from a, a big tech background, I, I know all of the, the the pain of the org chart, right? And the, the big, uh, you know, monolithic uh, divisions and how that plays out in, in a team. So... You know, I was an agile coach actually for for many years, and one of the the biggest changes that I would try to drive is that the team is the core sort of structure of the business, right? And that it doesn't really matter sort of where they report to in terms of management; that they they are autonomous and accountable to themselves. And what that means is that you know 
product design, engineering, QA, even support um, that are whatever it is that's connected to that product are a part of the same team functionally and, and, and practically. Um, and that really changes a dynamic because on one hand it, it sort of affects the, the power structure, but it also affects the, you know, the, the collaboration and the camaraderie when you have a, a product manager who sits outside of, of the team, you know, and they are a sort of a stakeholder or a customer to the team. Well, then it creates a transactional relationship. I want this from you, go deliver it. And if you don't deliver it on time, uh, you know, you're a bad service provider and I'm going to slap you on the wrist. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the, the engineers are saying, oh, that was the product manager. They don't know what's going on. And they're, they're all up in their ivory tower and they only come down here into the, into the cave when they want something. Right. But when the product manager actually sits with the engineers and they're actually a part of the team, now you've got that that give and take and you've got that empathy and, and so on. And that extends to, you know, really any other um, key player yeah. in the team as well. So, and then that whole team can report up to whether it's a, you know, a program manager or a CPO or a CTO. Um, but to have these sort of autonomous independent pods that have full ownership and accountability over their product, um, it ends up just creating um, a really great, culture and a, and a really smooth yeah that's that's exactly what basically we ended up doing like we have three business lines right now in the company fully yeah. independent and fully uh so you resource to achieve their main goals right mm -hmm. and, and like, let, let me actually make one comment here like as a, as a control maybe it, it, may, it may sound controversial but i i'm a big believer in this every person you hire in the company adds overhead to your company sure. like it's something that we, we never realized like we thought like okay well there is a problem we'll hire a person to solve that problem mm -hmm. but what happens in reality rea reality is that the person adds overhead and makes your company slower mm -hmm. usually that's what happens unless you hire like the best out of best possible people which is really really difficult to do yeah. so um so yeah and and a company's goal is not hiring people it's solving actually or creating more customer value right in the world mm -hmm. so like if you if you switch your mindset to that uh things actually become like more intuitive and and and, and better so it's not like we don't hire we do hire but we are very very careful now with when and how we hire yeah yeah so so the way i i describe it when i work with my my coaching clients is adding people it increases complexity and it increases bandwidth. It doesn't increase speed. It doesn't increase the velocity or the rate at which you can get something done. In fact, it, it does slow it down incrementally because you're adding complexity. It's like adding another gear into an already complex system, but it does increase bandwidth, which allows you to, to parallelize. And so it's the difference between serial and parallel processing, right? And so then if you think about it from a computing standpoint, well, there are certain cases or certain types of processes that are serial that are, or um, good for serialization and some that are good for parallelization. So you have to really think about what's the nature of the work that we're doing. And is the work something that can be distributed effectively and done in parallel? Or is it a, uh, you know, something that really is, is best suited for a serial um, type of processing. And that is like, we're, we've got one product line and we've got one, 
you know, one app or whatever it is. And we are just going to go on that thing and incrementally add, whereas adding additional people to it ends up just creating, you know, friction because now you've got dependencies and you've got, you know, um, whatever they're blocking each other or whatever it is that ends up slowing it down. And so, you know, a, again, the, auto the autonomy of that team is it's a small team that is able to turn an idea into production or into product and ship it without any interference from anybody else. But when you add additional team members, it should be, well, what is an, a completely aut atomic parallel, you know, workflow or product line that I can go and ship so that they don't interfere with one another. And that's, I think, some of the challenges. We're not trying to make our teams bigger here. We just need to figure out a way to, to create something in parallel that would be worth it to us to add that layer of, of uh, management overhead. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it, you know, it sounds like you've, uh, you've, you've, you've learned a lot. I mean, as a, as a, as a fellow, you know, technical co-founder, um, it sounds like you learned a lot very quickly and thankfully, uh, didn't have too many landmines blow up in your face. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so congratulations for that. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, well, one thing I wanted to, I'm definitely going to go and, and, and try this thing out because I need to, uh, I definitely want to, want to clean up my, my audio here, but. Um, is there any other, uh, you know, final thoughts or, or messages to, you know, other founders or, or wannabe founders out there? Well, uh, for wannabe founders, for sure. Like, uh, look, uh, entrepreneurs are the backbone of any economy, right? Like they are uh, highly, they are highly valuable uh, piece in every puzzle. Mm -hmm. So, um Give it a try, really. Like, uh, it, it's a journey that it's worth doing. If you feel that, if you feel that curiosity, right? If not, like, of course, you don't have to. But like, give it a try. Like, journey is worth it. It's of course stressful. It's worth it. <laughs> it's fun. Like, I'm I'm definitely enjoying this this journey. Yeah. Well, I always joke that, you know, whenever a big company does a layoff, I say, well, there's another hundred startups that, that get to form. So it's not all bad. Um, well, David, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, it was incredibly insightful and I uh, wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for coming. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Eric.